Good evening. Uh, thanks, everybody, for coming out. I want to thank our hosts, uh, Phoenix Alameda, uh, for having us. If you're in that East Bay, you're looking for a co-working space, uh, Phoenix Alameda. It was a look around. They also have studios in the back. Uh, it's a beautiful place. And I want to thank everybody for coming out. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to – so this is Drew. I'm wearing a nice scarf a listener sent me. A Drew Barrymore scarf. Who would have known that Drew Barrymore's in the scarf business? But uh, uh, everybody get comfortable. Uh, let your seats uh, kind of sink in. You can close your eyes. There's only, with these live shows, there's only one rule thus far is no snore shaming. So if you snore, Go right ahead. Snore as loud as you want. We may giggle because uh, it's just a natural reaction, but we'll be laughing with you uh, and not judging your snoring. Uh, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, it's, it's time for the podcaster uh that has a bowl of candy hearts here that hopefully he can make a metaphor into about why and how he makes this podcast. Uh, but it's time for the live show where you could take a candy heart on your way out. It's time for sleep with me. Uh, the podcast that puts you to sleep. And, uh, we, we, uh, normally start the show out, uh, with, uh, the mystery bard, Mr. Bard, who helps out on this show? Okay. Let's see what button. Mystery Bard, who helps out on this show? Okay. If anybody's been... To, I'll, I'll sing. I'm not allowed to sing on the record. Uh, I am the Mystery Bard. I do the lullabies, yeah. I got an album out. Is that a Jonathan Mann not yet? Um, how's it start? Uh, uh, Chris Posty Posterson from Sounds Like an Earful wrote the theme song. Edits episodes, yeah. Carl W's a legend. Also edits episodes. Kenny Scotty and Jennifer honor, honor, honor artwork. Then the mystery bards part. Eric and the team had us down around the website. Uh, this kind is shy is straight on through. The listeners started their own Facebook group. Group Keith, Julie, Jennifer. Laura, Stacy, and there's two Julies. Those are your narrators. Support, dearest, well, you know that part. Uh, we're so proud we could dance to be a part of Night Vale Presents. And now on with the show. At least I had that part. At least I got those last three notes right. Uh, um, uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the live show and podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed normally, turn out the lights and press play. Uh, tonight, just get comfortable. Turn, turn. We lowered the lights and uh, let me go on and on. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do it with a bedtime story. Uh, the way I do it is I send my voice across the deep, dark night. I use lulling, soothing Creaky dulcet tones, uh, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents, uh, extra, you know, definitely extra words. And it's all to kind of take your mind off of stuff to keep you company, especially here tonight. This is a safe place. We're kind of all in this together. There's a nice under my voice, uh, the sounds of the water against the wheels of the car. Every once in a while, there's the pitter and the patter of rain. Which reminds me of uh, the, of the intro where I kind of encourage people to name their pets. If you have a pair of pets, to name them Pitter and Patter. I think especially cats uh, it would be good to have Pitter and Patter for cats. Uh, cute names. And I think someone actually did. But I can't see, like, turtles. I think I've come up with other names for turtles. Pitter and Patter is not a good turtle name. Uh, but what I'm going to do, uh, as I said, send my voice across a deep, dark night, structurally what to expect with the live show. It's not that different than the uh, the non-live show. What I'm going to do is we're going to start out with the intro. Intros are about 12 to 13 to 15. Sometimes they're 16 minutes. Sometimes they're 11 minutes. Sometimes they're 14. 
And the intro is kind of a show within a show where I kind of try to create a metaphor of what the podcast is. I try to explain it and then I get distracted just like with Pitter and Patter. I mean, it's tough to pay attention to an intro when you have Pitter and Patter. Oh, no, Pitter and Patter. I got to focus right now. Uh, but when you have two cats, are you cats? No, figments, my images. Okay. Uh, but what I'm going to do structurally, we'll have the intro, then we'll have a story. And that'll go about 40, 45 minutes. Then what's different than the regular show is then I'll try to bring you back uh, a little bit to the present moment. We'll do a brief Q&A. I'll start the Q&A off with asking myself some questions while everybody comes back to earth. So that's uh, structurally what to expect. Uh, as far as the other stuff goes, let's see, there's the, like there's no snore shaming. And especially this show... There's no pressure to listen. This is a one live show where like uh, eye contact is not only optional, it's probably going to be hard to get come by. Uh, and you can make any faces you want. You can giggle. You could glance at your phones. You can, uh, you know, you, you could eat, like no one thus far has made like snoring, like in cartoons where you like whistle when you breathe in and make like uh, different sounds. But you could do that if you want. You could fall asleep. You could just get comfortable and chill out. Whatever you could pay attention and uh, kind of see uh, how many times I like if I could finally like use my notes and, or if I'm going to be drifting into the story swap. So no no need to listen, no need to pay attention. Uh, there's also no pressure to fall asleep or even to relax. You could be, you know, you could be on the edge of your seat if you wish. You could sit up straight. You could slouch. There are really are a lot of shoulds around uh, sitting. I didn't even think about that till just now. Like, this is the kind of monitoring I have to do with the podcast. It's like, man, who would have thought? But it, you, sometimes I like to sit like this, uh, Maybe at some point I'll do some kind of leg crossing. Some people like to sit up straight. I, I, I'd like to aspire to sit up straight one day. I mean, I, sometimes I do. Uh, well, this doesn't feel half bad. But so no wrong way to sit. No pressure to fall asleep. We're going to be here about an hour. And the reason I make the show uh, is to kind of help people fall asleep, to help take people's mind off of stuff. Uh, but also because I have I've always had trouble sleeping. And, you know, this particular day, this particular time of year, not an easy time for some people. Uh, people like me, there's two, two, well, there's more than a couple. Let's say, Scoots, I thought this was a bedtime story. I didn't realize this was going to be a Valentine's Day gripe podcast. No, well, I don't know if these are necessarily gripes. And it, I, I And I joke about this on the podcast, but it's honestly true. And now, because of this show, it's uh, the 13th, I I, uh, I knew that because so many people told me Valentine's Day is on the 14th, but I have, for about the last 20 years, always assumed, well, not even when I've tried to figure it out and plan out Valentine's Day, I always pick the 12th. And so every Valentine's Day that I've actually planned has been on the 12th. So it's like kind of like President's Day for me. It's like, oh, no, well, we're going to celebrate that on the 12th because that's when it was, I couldn't believe it was so easy to make reservations. Look at all these flowers. Uh, oh, it's because it's the 12th. And uh, I don't know if it's my dyslexia or that my mind is always racing. So that's one thing that... Uh, can keep me up at night. Uh, like I say, well, just are you going to remember? Like it's November. Why am I thinking about Valentine's Day? Well, I'm just wondering if you're going to remember. If it is on the 14th. Uh, and my brother actually said, he said, do you know it's on the 14th, right? You're joking on the podcast. No, I'm not joking. I don't know if it's on the 12th. I said, thank you. Now I do. So that's one thing that you can kind of overthink is like those kind of things you get mixed up. Another thing is these candied hearts. And we were talking about it before the show. And I said, well, when I was at, when I was at the store, you know, scouting out, well, uh, it, it, when you put the Valentine's Day candy on the shelf at de uh, December 26th, it's got to go on sale at least once between December 26th and February 12th or February 14th, whatever the day of Valentine's Day is. And uh, so I caught these, these hearts, uh, I think it was around January 18th and they were on sale. So I said, I'm going to purchase these. 
And I said, okay, that could be for a live show. I said, well, that could be a metaphor for the podcast. Actually, I wrote down some ideas, so maybe I should check my notes. Because I said, what is it? Okay, Scoots, what, how, how are candied hearts like the podcast? And I said, well, that's a good point. Uh, let's see. There, uh, there's two kinds. There's, uh, these Brocks, which are, uh, the one brand. And then there, there used to be these things called Neco wafers and NECCO wafers. And the corporation that made those also made a candied heart. And now, and this is weird because I'm up talking to you right now. I just all day have been, like kind of poking my mind, trying to remember those candied hearts and what they tasted like. And I was reading articles on the internet about it and I couldn't trigger that memory till just this second. So, you know, now I may be, maybe within a, I may be going full meander within a meander, but so there's these two brands and I had bought these, I had snacked on them. Now these are softer and also, according to the internet, so I guess like if it's two brands, how is that like the podcast? Well, one brand doesn't isn't in business anymore. They don't make them. That brand was a little bit harder, which would make for a lot of good jokes around the podcast because I like to joke about my heart being my heart is as hard as a candied heart. Uh, those trite sayings. Um, but these these hearts are soft, and these are actually, actually are not bad. And then they have things written on them. Uh, these ones are according, I, I don't know how they do this, but it said they're laser printed. And I don't know if I'm comfortable with like lasers in ink in my candy being, uh, well, I guess I'm comfortable enough to pop one in my mouth when I'm done with the show. But, uh, so they have sayings on them and, but now I can't stop thinking about the hard ones. They were tasty. The internet was like, well, some people said they were chalky and they were a bit harder. Th- these have kind of a matte finish to them. And uh, those ones were a little bit more of a sheen. They did have a nice dust. And uh, this one says, let's kiss, which brings up another thing is, first of all, like, I don't know whose (laughs) I don't know whose job it is to write these candied hearts, but they should definitely get fired. Uh, Like some of these are pretty ridiculous smoochies, but it has a S-M-O-O dash cheese, C-H-E-S, smoochies in the, the the penmanship, even though it's done by a laser printer, and on the um the Neko hearts, they said they were stamped in I mean, I guess it's like mass industrialization. It's like couldn't you call up the freaking company you bought the uh machine the candy heart stamper from and tell them it's off center ninety five percent of the time? Um this one says miss you, so fine. Some of these actually are like cringy. You'd say, What year is it? And say, well, actually, these candy hearts were made in 1984. We're still working our way through them. Dream dates. Uh, So they can be confusing. I mean, uh, and uh, they can be off topic. You say, wink, wink. Like, uh, what in the hell? Like, uh, at least this is a... Also, I was like, man, maybe I need some glasses. I don't even know. Oh, that says sweet, but it's at the very top of the heart. Um, So terrible printing. That's something I have in common with candied hearts is somewhat on topic. I mean, candied hearts are probably on topic. I mean, one time, one day of the year and only like, you you can't contextually give out these because you say, well, yeah, no, I picked this one for you because it says dream date. And I know that you'd only be, you know, and say, but your hands have been all over the candied hearts. Scoots, you're going to give these out after the show. You're, you're picking at them. Oops. Sorry, Scoots. Um, that's a good point. I'll be thinking about that later when I cuddle up in bed with my candied hearts. Love you. Well, thank you. Um, so what was my point? Your candied hearts are good to go off topic with terrible handwriting, vague fav- that, that was another one. I said, well, vague phrases. I use vague phrases in the podcast. Uh, and oh, this is this is one like so I was sitting here as doing a rehearsal. And the candied hearts, of course, that the, just like everything else in my brain, have to talk back to me. And they said, well, we're just trying to help. Uh, that's that's what we try to do is candied hearts. That's the role we kind of see ourselves in. And I said, oh, okay, so you're trying to help, like, express a message, right? You're trying to be sweet and you're trying to be fun. And th- these ones are pretty tasty. I mean, now... Of course, the grass is always greener. So now I'll be thinking about those other candy hearts that don't exist. And then I'll go on like uh, overpriced 
oldcandy.com where they have already have all my payment info and I'll place a, buy a case of the, uh, the other ones. Uh, but I guess like they're well-intentioned. They could uh, uh, sleep with me, uh, is a well-intentioned thing. And I guess the candied hearts, they do say, Hey, we're just, we're just trying to keep people company. You know, we're not, we're, we're not in charge of the rest of it. And I say, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so, I mean, I can't speak for the candy hearts, but I'm glad you're here. And I'm, you know, I'm, I can't keep, keep making eye contact with me making me feel guilty. Um, I'm glad, I'm glad you're here. Hearts, that includes you, all of you for coming out on a, on a, a rainy, a chilly night. It's uh, it's kind of a beautiful, rainy, chilly night. Uh, and uh, as I said at the start of the show, if you listen to this podcast, Nocturne, the episode that just came out, it's kind of about your mindset in the winter. So that's why I, uh, you say, well, podcasts can put you to sleep or it can say, hey, when, don't, don't criticize the rain, Scoots. So I'm glad you're here. I work very hard. I yearn and I strive to help you fall asleep. Thanks for coming by. And... Uh, I guess usually there'd be a break there, but uh, let's keep the show uh, going. And, you know, the uh, romance is in the air, they say, because it's just, what is it, February 13th. And, I mean, as I said, I like to celebrate Valentine's Day on the 12th by by accident, but still. And this can be a time of year when people are thinking about that. So normally, if you listen to the podcast or you have been for a while, I like to do my Valentine's Day episode right around October. And for the past couple of years, I've been doing a, a Valentine's Day themed episode trying to encourage uh, Venmo. I don't know if anybody uses Venmo, but Venmo is this payment platform uh, that you can use to pay people money. And it's kind of like a little bit of a social network. It ha- you put a profile picture on there and you can have pretty sweet emojis. And you can, again, this is kind of like, like a, but you can share when you're you're sharing money with people. And I guess when I started using it, it was for the podcast. And, and then like if for stuff on Craigslist, you'd say, okay, I can Venmo you this money. But then I started like looking and I said, wait, hello, like you, you got tacos with my cousin. Wait a second. And I started thinking, um, how come this isn't also a dating platform? Like Venmo is really missing out. And, you know, I'm always game to give free ideas to giant multinational corporations or, you know, VC backed companies because they need, you know, they need the help. But Venmo just has not responded because I said, okay, first of all, this is easy. Venmo, you just said, do one click. It's date mo. You want more dates, you go on date mo. And then I thought maybe we could make it a little bit more. So then I was thinking it would be called date moi because like if you're using it, you're looking for someone to date moi. And I said, okay. I mean, maybe it was the emojis. I just find like shrimp and then a, like a tropical isle emoji. I say, wow, oof, I'm sweating now. Like there's something about that that just feels uh, so. I guess I'm a simple person, but it, it, Venmo has not been simple. I've planned events. I've pitched ideas. I said, well, we could just do it as a skin. It only works as a dating app on Valentine's Day. I said, I'm more than happy to be, the, like I said, maybe you just build the app for me. Like I just use it. And, and they, so that was a voicemail I left. So last year I said, okay, what, what do we do when, when a, you know, a giant company with a bunch of money that's owned by probably a bigger company, when they won't listen to you? You know, just like Trader Joe's and all these other companies that uh, I say, let's make it big. Let's let's take this idea. Let's make it bigger. So last year I started to think, OK, well, what what's like bigger than a dating app? Like what's something that will really make a groundswell? And I said, OK, well, it's a conven- like a convention. That would be something. And I, I had this idea for a convention before without any, I said, you know, it'd be a nice convention to go to is Romcon. Romcon. I said, that sounds great. I would definitely go to that. And I said, okay, that is a good idea. Now, last year, I didn't realize that Romcon was a trademarked name. And I didn't realize that till after I put the episode out. So, so for, for, for moving forward, it'll be called Romcon Con. Uh, but uh, so then I said, well, why don't we call it Romcon Con after, you know, I got those letters in the mail. And, uh, 
I said, okay, yeah, it would be a romance, a convention to celebrate romance. And then I kind of got in bed and curled up in the fetal position because I was just, I said, okay, well, I'm not equipped to make, you know, I'm not equipped to do a, like a, a, who am I to do a romance convention? I make a sleep podcast. And they said, well, I did do one episode of Chuck Tingle's podcast and that's erotica. So I said, you know, and they said, my critics said, no, that doesn't qualify you as a, and they said, people always argue about that anyway. They don't, they say, oh, no, it's satire. I say, no, it's, look, so I was in bed and I was curled in the fetal position. And then that part of my brain that like, uh, that slowly developed over the years, I call it my Dweck brain, good old Carol Dweck. She, st- she starts poking, and maybe it was a dream. She's, she says, uh, Scoots, it's your mindset. And, and she says, uh, she starts recruiting all these other self-helpers of my brain. And they say, you really want to do this romance convention, huh? You really want to, rom-con, con is uh, important to you. And I said, oh, yeah. I said, I want, I want people to celebrate romance. And uh, Carol Dweck, she, she kind of looked at my face and she said, okay, wait a second. There's something more to it. And I said, well, please keep the encouragement coming. And she said, first, I want to hear more about why. And I said, well, actually, it's like this. Uh, I said, okay, Carol, you saw right through me. And I said, well, once upon a time when I didn't make a sleep podcast, I worked uh, at, a, at a library and one of my jobs was managing book donations, paperback book donations uh, that we would uh, take to people in need of paperback books. And I worked with a, a few different uh, people that I love dearly, Joan and Marta and Evelyn. And uh, we kind of, you know, I was just like I am on the podcast, that odd coworker that's a bit of a goofball. And uh, so I would manage these inbound uh, donations and I would kind of sort them and organize them and make sure we had everything classified. Now, this wasn't Dewey Decimal classification, so it was like different genres of, of, of fiction was the most popular thing, mass market fiction, they call it. And one of the things we organized or I organized was romance. And uh, my favorite thing to do about every uh, eight weeks was to uh, go through the donations of romance and, and kind of sort the ones that were good and the ones that weren't. And so I've quickly learned like everything, everything a, a young 30 uh, something needs to know about romance. But uh, I also would say, I, I, and, and this is just, this is just like the podcast, but before I'd say, I, I'd go through and Joan would say, uh, how, how's the how's the sorting going? And I'd say, Joan, romance is dead. And then, and then I'd say, no, it's not. We've got tons of donations. And Joan would humor me every six weeks and laugh. Maybe she was laughing. She was laughing with me. But so sorry, Carol Dweck. I went off topic there. That's really why I want to have the rom-con so I can tell that joke and uh, we say it's not dead. Like, I want to prove that part of me that romance isn't dead. And she said, well, where do you start? You got this big idea for this giant convention. You want to save romance. And she said, by romance, what do you mean? And I said, well, romantic fiction. I said, it, 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 the most diverse version of romantic fiction we can possibly come up with. And she said, okay, so you want to, you want to, you want to prove romance isn't dead. You want to celebrate the joy of romance. You want to have a convention called Rom Con Con. I said, Rom Con Con, Carol. Um, the rom-coms taken. It was only, I almost had a booth there in the 2018 rom-com. The booths were only $50, but I was too, too scared because I don't have anything to do with romance. But, uh, so she said, well, what do you do when you have a bigger problem? And I said, I don't, I get in bed and I curl up. And she said, well, okay, what, what would you tell someone else to do if you were, if you were, you know, telling Chuck Tingle, like I'd say, well, uh, break it into smaller parts. And she said, yeah, break it into smaller parts. And I said, holy goodness. And she said, so where would you start with the convention? And I said, I guess I'd pick a city. And she said, okay. And I said, okay, well, um, I guess I'd pick a city that has uh, discount airlines. Uh, maybe it's an international airport, has a convention center. She's like, good, very good. 
um, not that great. It's like a city that's good, but not great because then it'll be too expensive. And she said, wow. Okay. I said, so like a city be like, oh, okay. Um, and I don't want to throw shade on any city, so I won't say any city's names, but, uh, yeah. So she said, okay. So you pick a, she said, okay, there's probably some way you could sort that. What would you do next? And I said, I guess we'd need a convention center. And I said, oh, boy. And she said, yeah, that means you got to make a phone call. And I said, okay. So that, you know, about 18 months went by. And then uh, I got my, I said, okay, Carol, she, you know, she left for 18 months too. That part of my brain shut back down. But eventually I said, okay, let's call. And they said, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can call. Like, it's just not that, my, that grown-up part of me just never developed. I can't, I just can't make a phone call and call a convention. What would I even say? And then some other part of my brain said, well, what, like, uh, we just use method, just method call. Why don't you, just like on the podcast, like method call. And I said, okay, so call as another person. Okay, great. So then I watched a couple of TV shows and I called up this convention center in this, this unnamed city. And I said, Oh, Hey, how you doing? And it worked. I said, Hey, how you doing today? Uh, trying to keep it sleepy, but, uh, uh, would you believe? And they said, well, can I help you with? I said, would you believe it's, Oh, I'm, Oh, this is scoots. I'm calling from date Mo international and we're playing in the big rom-con con. And they said, rom-con con. I said, yeah, it's, well, it's, you know, it's not great news though. We had a Dallas love field booked, you know, because I thought that would be a funny pun, you know, Dallas love field. turns out that's an airport though. So, uh, we're, we, we don't have a place to hold rom-con con and everybody's let down and it's kind of a last minute thing. So I, I don't know. I was just calling you on a hope, uh, that you might have an open weekend coming up in the next few months that we could, uh, and they said, well, what's rom-con con? I said, a celebration of, ro I said, rom-con con, it's going to be a celebration of romance. It's going to be a place you could meet nice people. It's going to be a place you could hold hands and that's it. Like anything else is, you know, you do it in your room or whatever. Like that's rom-con con. It's like a nice place to meet people. We'll have soda fountain and stuff like that in romance. It'll be romance. It'd be about the joy of romantic fiction. And they said, oh, wow. Um, and they said, well, let me check my calendar here. And they started paging through it. Uh, and they said, it looks like uh, we have an opening like SmurfCon just canceled. And I said, wait a second, SmurfCon? And they said, yeah, yeah, SmurfCon. It merged with PayoCon. And I said, wait, Smurf, SmurfCon? I said, is there like a... I said, is there um, like cosplay at SmurfCon? And they said, oh, yeah. And I said, okay, what's, what, are, what are the dates of that PayoCon? Because I, I got to, and they, said, they gave me the dates of that. And then I we discussed that. And then my back was sweating. And I said, okay. And they said, well, I said, so you have that weekend open. That's great. Uh, and it's a different, so I said, so can we book it for uh, RomCon Con? And they said, they said, yeah, like, and they said, actually, like, you know, it's not super professional to me, but I love reading romance. And, uh, you know, they, they, they talked about, uh, Nora Roberts and, and, you know, some, some, you know, something on the, on the edge of romance. And they said, this will be really, really exciting. And I said, well, that's great. Like, we and they said, well, what kind of stuff do you have on? And I said, well, there's going to be handholding. I said, there'll be authors, there'll be some readings. I said, well, you know, I'm still working on it, actually. And they said, well, well let me tell the staff. Everybody's going to be so excited. And this is where, I mean, this is like a fairy tale story, uh, obviously, or I wouldn't be telling it. But it is interesting uh, how the Internet can um, cultivate these po communities of positivity. And it gets, you know, it has the other side of it in that, you know, romance is this kind of thing. Uh, then I'm not here to make fun of. I, I hope, you know, I'm goofing around, but that it has this gigantic uh, community and following and it has this wide range of uh, of makers and styles and voices. And, and, and it actually, like today I was saying, uh, is Ram, when, where, when and where is Ram Khan 19? And th th there was even rom romance, like uh, there was all these romance, uh, like there was one in Nigeria, there was one in Brazil. So it's just this worldwide thing that kind of people, 
either at least in our kind of culture aren't comfortable talking about or aren't comfortable acknowledging our fandom of and 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 uh you know sleep with me is a little bit different than that but it can be something that's not easy to talk to about people or uh, you say well i don't know how to explain that like I, I don't know how to explain my love of blazing cowboys like i just like reading about them like uh so where was i blazing cowboys oh okay breaking it up so it has this groundswell. And as soon as I pitched the idea, like I, my phone started, I mean, this was the downside. My phone started ringing off the hook uh, with people from this mid-sized, you know, somewhat okay city. And they said, you know, we've, we talked to the chamber of commerce, just like local businesses that want to sponsor this rom-con and we want to give you the keys to the city. And I said, wait a second, there's keys to this. I said, this is sweet. Uh, uh, and they said, we, we, we've uh, started, publishers have started calling in and talking, asking about sponsorship packages. And I said, well, that's great. Uh, I'm really excited to, and uh, this was the same person, and then they kind of got a sense of, you know, they'd talked to me twice on the phone. And they said, we're really thinking about uh, maybe bringing on some extra team members to help you, like, like a convention planner and a, a logistics expert. And I said, that's great. Uh, and they said, everybody's just so excited. And they said, okay, so we'll have everything ready. We've got the budgets. We just need to know what to spend the money on. Uh, and we'll have a Skype meeting about it next week. And, and, you know, then I got back in bed for a while. But I, I really was swept up in the romance of romance, like the, this person's excitement and the indirect excitement of these fans of romance and and me thinking about, you know, cracking that joke to Joan every six weeks uh, and, and, and just picturing the covers like I, I, uh, I cultivated this ability to 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 be able to say, OK, well, that's a Linda Lyle Miller. I, I could spot it like literally at 80 yards or a Harlequin Blaze. Uh, and then there was some books I never even got to read. There was like these blue Harlequin books. Um, and I, I still don't know what those ones are, but I really, that's a great regret of mine. But I did read a bunch of Blaze when I was at work. I said, oh boy, this is uh, just filing these books away. Don't mind me. Um, just checking them, you know, make sure all the pages are in there. So I, I get to the, Skype meeting, right? And I, I Skype in and there's all these smiling faces on the other side and they said, okay, tell, tell us about your plans. Like what, what's going to happen at RomCon Con? And I said, well, it's going to be great. Like we've got the hand, they said, we've got a soda fountain. We've got that booked. Uh, and they said, that's the only idea you gave us so far. And I said, oh, don't worry. I got, I said, I got a lot of ideas here. Don't worry. Uh, I, and they said, okay, well, are we going to have, uh, like booths. And I said, yes, but I want to make sure we have everything covered. I don't want this to be just a narrow, you know, I, I want this to be a broad range of romance and erotica. So I, I'd like the, uh, you know, the big publishers to subsidize the cost of the booth booth so that, you know, people could afford booths like 50 bucks, like for self-published people. And uh, they said, okay, that sounds great. We've got the space. Uh, and they said, so we'll have, you know, the, 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 the expo hall, they call it. And they said, we've got some authors that would like to do some readings. And I said, okay, that's great. And, and they said, so what, so we've got a bunch of big gaps in the, uh, the schedule. And I said, okay, don't worry. I said, let's start with, um, the nighttime, right? Because, I know I go to these conventions and sometimes there's these big after parties or these big dinners or galas and I'm, that's not really my thing. And so I, and I think like this is supposed to be a celebration of romance. Uh, so I think we should have some dances. Uh, and they said, Oh, instead of parties, we'll have dances. And I said, yeah. And I said, now we can't do like kind of proms have been overdone the reproming thing. So I said, we want to do something fresh and they said, well, what do, you, what do you do? And then I heard George Michaels whispering in my ear, jitterbug, do the jitterbug. And I said, well, what about a jit? I said, what about jitterbugs? Like, and, and they said, do you know what the jitterbug is? I said, no, but I, I think, uh, what if we have a, a party, 80s party, 
where people do the jitterbug and we have a wham cover band like day glow black lights and the jitterbug and they said that's a little dissonant and i said well is is it dancing and they say yeah that sounds pretty fun so i said okay that's one night and then i said the second night i'm thinking of something like maybe I said, is, have we reached peak square dancing yet? Or is that still just a coastal thing? Like, is, is square dancing over its peak? And they said, no, no. I said, okay, so we'll have a square dance, but we got to we gotta plus it up. We got to make it romantic because square dancing's, uh, you know, subtextually romantic and titillating. I said, but we'll have like a masquerade square dance. So, and they said, wait a second, what? And I said, yeah, so we'll have uh, hats We'll have, I said, you could have, you know, all sorts of masquerades, you know, but make them fun. And, you know, anybody that wants uh, overalls and, and those kind of things. Uh, and they said, so what were we, I said, you call it a squaxernade. It's a square dance. It's a masquerade. It's a squaxernade. And they said, okay, that sounds, and they they said, we already got like the, 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 uh, the country romance company to sponsor it. And I said, okay. And they said, so what else would, what are we going to be doing at RomCon? And I said, well, like, you know, again, this is to celebrate romantic fiction and the spirit of romance. So I want things, you know, people could attend as, you know, single or pairs, but I want people to be able to meet one another and, you know, just maybe hold hands like that's the goal. And I said, so we'll have to do, you know, some community events like where people are participating. And they said, like, well, well what kind of community events like what kind of and I said, well, like I said, well, what about like game shows? Those are always fun. And that'll give people something to talk about. Uh, it could be like audience participation game shows. And they said, they said, this is this is a convention, right? I said, yeah. Well, I said like a like a cruise ship crashed into a romance convention. Like think like that. And they said, okay, what are game shows? And I said, well, have you seen twenty thousand dollar pyramid? And they said, I think. And I said, there's an ad on TV about it right now. And I said, we'll take it, and and we'll do like a sexy body parts. And they said, well, could you like show us what, what you're talking about? And again, I was like, I guess like because I was playing a character on Skype, like I was comfortable. So I said, okay, okay. Um, I said, so usually what you do is um, one person's supposed to guess and the other person has to say a bunch of things like without saying the word or something. Uh, but I said they should also like make it like for this part about it, they got to make it sexy too. And they said, okay, like, uh, and I said, like, uh, like you, you might, it might like, 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 uh, it dangles, like you might find it in your mouth. Uh, but you also could, could, uh, it, it, it like, if you're listening, like you'd know, earlobe i said right correct scoots uh okay well this is something you know might get sore might need stretch stretching there was once a great hero that in the achilles tendon thank you great very good okay this is where you know the blood that warms all parts of the body the extremities it uh it, 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 you know, it beats for you heart. Very good. Wow. It's like we're one person. Uh, this one is underrated. Now, if I was recommended, I'd say like you take your finger, you do a twirl around it. You do a little circling. They may say nibbling the el elbow, right? Very good. <laughs> Scoots. Okay. Um, this one, oh boy, this is like, uh, trying to think anything uh not r rated with this one it's uh the smallest thing on your hand and uh when you drink tea pinky pointed yeah drink tea pointed out okay this is uh like uh it's close to the nape neck all right um this one uh hmm it's uh it it uh you know, it, it's it's involved in the moving of your legs. It can be cute, but some people might have, they might like to, they might not uh, have total confidence about it. But also, if you want to tickle someone, it's a good place to tickle them if you're a knee. You got it. Okay, this one. Okay, you can wiggle it. You could kiss it. 
You could rub it together with the other person's uh, nose. Okay, very good. And last one, uh, it, you, uh, you find it on your stomach, and it can be in, it can be out. Oh, the belly button. And then they told me, they said, I thought you were supposed to talk about what's sexy about it. And I said, well, I forgot because I'd never played one-sided $20,000 pyramid in front of a like a, a Skype meeting before or at a live, you know, put people to sleep show. And they said, well, what about another game show? And I said, okay, touche. And I said, well, I love Jeopardy. And actually I love, cause I can't just like, I can't tell if, um, Valentine's Day is on the 12th or the 14th, no matter how many times people tell me, I still don't know if the guy's name's Alec or Alex Trebek. Uh, just one of those things. And, uh, you know, I love giving him a hard time. And they said, well, what kind of, like, what would your Jeopardy be? And I said, uh, like, uh, spice it up, it would be called. And they said, spice it up. And I said, yeah, spice it up Jeopardy. And they said, well, give us a taste. And I said, okay, well, uh, what is an herb uh, in it that when you you ask someone out on a date and they won't, they won't, they won't give you the, and they said, you're still playing $20,000 pyramid. I said, you're right. And I said, uh, uh, I said, this is hard. I'm reverse building Jeopardy live on stage. And they said, uh, uh, what is time? Okay, thanks. They, that one saved me. Okay, uh, this uh, ingredient uh, can be found in jars at Trader Joe's. It makes things turn a beautiful mustard uh, brown and uh, it's it's a nice little spice saffron oh what is saffron you're right sorry alec i didn't use what is okay uh if you're making the famous bedtime drink night milk uh for your loved one because this is somehow related to that uh, you would use this as an ingredient okay no answers it uh if you okay, let's break it into break it into smaller par- parts, right, Carol? Uh, if you took a playing card and you gave it to your mother, you would also be a what is cardamom? Correct, right, Scoots? Uh, okay, this uh, is uh, one of uh, I tell you what I want. What I really, really want is someone that's good at. Uh, is athletic and I tell you what I want, what sporty, what, who is sporty spice? Correct. Very good. I like that one. Okay. This one, this is one that, uh, I, um, don't like, uh, so, you know, Alec Trebek usually has like a staff that makes these questions and they said, well, just keep going. Okay. Well, this one is a, um, if you were going, uh, uh, this one I'll have to do as a, uh, don't you know you're playing this with your uh, imaginary friend? Okay, but uh, um, Johnny Cash, a boy named Sue, okay, and Bernie Mac, Sumac, great. What is Sumac? Okay, this one, oh boy, this one I got a gripe with. Once upon a time, before the great overpricing of these, you could stick them in an orange for the holidays and your place would smell good, but now they cost too much friggin' money. Cloves. What is cloves? Thank you. Uh, This one is uh, a key ingredient in five spice. Uh, Allspice. What is allspice? Some of these are easy. Okay. This one is, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want is an answer to this question. Uh, it's also a, a, a saying you would use in the UK, and sometimes in the US it would mean extravagant. Uh, who is posh? Yes, correct. Um, okay, this one is uh, an underrated spice and you you don't buy it ground you buy it ground you don't grind it in a grinder and also you would say the second part of it is salt and uh, white pepper right okay this one uh is uh 
if if you were going to, uh, it's like a chili powder, but it's different. In this prop version, you'd say put it in a pipe and s- smoked paprika. What is smoked paprika? Uh, this one in American style, ground beef tacos. It's a keen cumin. Man, I'm. It's like I know the answers to these. Okay, this is a, a spice usually you get um, when you move into a new apartment, you move in with a new relationship, and it's very good uh, at making uh, curry style garam masala. Okay, or however it's said. This one you'd put it in your pipe, but you wouldn't. Uh, just plain paprika. So, the, so that was like a, that, so that, yeah, I guess I know that's a work in progress, but I think, uh, the idea would be to use the body parts to kind of, you know, get the audience riled up and then use the spicy game to kind of help them wind back down. And then maybe we could have some live cooking with those ingredients so I think that, I mean, I think that's something. And then that night we could have the dance. We'll have the first dance that night. And after the dance, I was thinking, I just got this idea uh, because it's going to come come up is uh, maybe we have like, uh, I, was, I just thought of the name, Bette Midler Bedtime Melodies. And they said, what? And I said, we'll have, uh, it'll be speakers. It'll be streamed to everyone's room. We'll have Bette Midler or an excellent Bette Midler impersonator uh, sing bedtime melodies, like sing everybody to sleep, like lullabies. And they said, well, what would a Bette Midler like bedtime? And I said, give me a break. I can't, it's like the middle of the podcast. Like, uh, it'd be like, I don't know what, because I didn't practice this. Uh, Did you go to sleep? This is what I sing to my dog every night, go to sleep. Did you ever know you're my hero? That I do, there are the wind beneath. So I think we we need an actual, you know, we need a Bette Midler impersonator, but something like that. I mean, like with the melody. They said, okay. So I said, that would be the first night. They said, okay, so what about the next day? And I said, well, let's see. So we'll have the stories. We'll have authors. I think we need like a little bit more for the fans of the fiction. And, you know, because I've been making up, you know, fake conventions for a long time, like I've had this idea that I've wanted to do. And I think we should premiere it at RomCon Con. And it's uh, something I like to call fictional panels. And they said, fictional panels. And I said, yeah, th- think of it this way. Like, we get we, we get like a, a genre of romance. And we hire actors to portray characters from the most popular books and the most beloved books in that genre. And, you know, we, it, we'll run it as a panel with like one of the authors outside of that genre asking the questions. And they said, we, we said, what? And I said, trust me. I said, uh, it, the rules will be that the actors, I said, we could do it like other authors. If the authors are comfortable, like they could do like, this is how I make phone calls, like business phone calls about conventions is I pretend I'm someone else playing another character. So the authors could pretend they're an actor or an actress and they could call up and um, like, and they said, what? we don't, we don't understand. I said, okay, well, like, okay, here's one panel. It would be farm romance. We'd have a farm romance panel. And so there'd be an author asking questions to characters from farm romances. And they said, well, what kind of care? And I said, well, believe it or not, I got it written down here. I said, uh, we'll have a Smith. Uh, we could have a lemon. I think there'd be a lemonade maker. Uh, I think a Miller would be a good character. And I think like maybe uh, like a goddess of bounty or a god of bounty. And they said, okay, so who would the actors be? And I said, well, Louis Anderson is a comedian. Uh, like I could see Louis Anderson playing like um, either the goddess of bounty or the lemonade maker. And they said, okay, okay. And I said, you get where I'm going with this. Like, like, so the, like the audience, the fan, fans of the books they get to see this and they get to hear the character's perspective like what's it like to make lemonade like what was it like to share your first kiss uh, w- with the goddess of bounty and they said well who else uh, 
would, would you? And I said, well, John Stamos, if, you know, and if the actors aren't available, we just, uh, you know, that we have them. And they said, well, now you're talking. That's where, and I said, well, yeah, he's got great hair. I said, he could play the, uh, uh, any of those, I guess, uh, uh, Miller, the Smith are open and they say, okay, what else do you got? And I said, well, another big genre you know, that, you know, I'm, I like to dabble in at least is service romance, like service job romance. So they said, okay, what are some of the, and I said, well, like, um, a barista. And they said, do you write any service job romance? And I said, well, like FOMA. And I said, travel agent or a tour guide. And, uh, like, you know, like a Rick Steves influenced character, maybe, uh, car mechanic, uh, and they said, okay, so who, who do you have for service job romance? And I said, well, wait, I said, Lady Gaga. And they said, okay, that's okay. We don't even need, and I said, yeah, I said, I would think, uh, Lady Gaga would be a good travel agent or tour guide, uh, romance character. And they said, okay, this is pretty deep. And then they said, okay, what else, what other genres? And I said, well, another popular genre is like space. And I said, that's, and I said, that, now you got to, when you go into sci-fi, you got to get more specific. So you can't just say space. So I'd say this one is just like space travel. So maybe like a bio or medical person, a pilot, I'd say an android, and then a non uh a, a, a non like a human and they said okay well who do you have for that and i said believe it or not we i think we can get will smith or someone to pretend they're will smith and i think i think i would like to see will smith play the android uh though i think will smith's gearing up to play uh the genie from aladdin and they said well who else and i said well we could have uh queen latifah now i, I think queen latifah would probably be good as the pilots Maybe like the bio, like a bioengineer. And they said, okay, okay. What else? I said, well, adventure. Adventure romance is nice. Uh, and they said, okay, what kind of... And they said, this is very tropey. And I said, well, I said, don't don't judge. This is like the subgenres. And they said, well, who would be in the adventure? Like what characters? And I said, well, a professor, maybe some character like that anthropologist maybe uh an animal handler like i was thinking like 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 the like just like there's two dino kind of handlers or animal experts in the jurassic world and they said okay and i said maybe like a tourist or a lost person like that's like gets swept up in the adventure and they said okay well who like what actors were you thinking and i said well what if we got a kardashian or like all the Kardashians for this. And they said, okay, well, professor, that one's going to be pretty tough. Uh, Anthropologist. And they, I said, well, what? I said, we'll play against type. And, and uh, again, this could just be, uh, you know, J.D. Robb pretending that J.D. Robb is Kim Kardashian pretending. So you, they said, wait a second, what? And I said, right. So the author, J.D. Robb, pretends that J.D. Robb is Kim Kardashian, who pretends they're a lost tourist swept up in a romantic adventure story. And they said, who else? I said, well, Rock Hudson is another, another like, uh, I said, because again, I again want this to be very, very diverse. And it includes no exclusions on age either. I think we need to broaden our view of romance and romantic fiction and, you know, push it all the way out. And there could be young people that haven't seen Rock Hudson without a shirt on. And they could be, ex and they said, but I thought it was, I said, okay, well, you're right. I said, uh, I said, well, the person could do the spirit of Rock Hudson. And he said, well, what, what else do you have? And I said, well, I'd like to do, you know, I'm a big Chuck Tingle fan and I'm also just a big fan of goofy stuff. So I think like anthropomorphized or, you know, non-human sentient romantic fiction. I mean, uh, like I think about the film that came out last year, Shape of Water, and I, don't, I still wonder if that was like a romance or like a story of desperation. And they said, well, aren't you talking about it? And I said, OK, let me get back to the panel. I said, well, what about a how's this sound? How, how's this sound to your shoes? Like Dwayne The Rock Johnson playing a plush, like a, a plush, like in a plush romance. And I said, OK. And then I said, you know, I do a little Smurf writing on the side. So like a little Smurf erotica. So I was thinking Cardi B is a Smurf. 
And they said, well, that's, that's probably the best idea you've ever had in your whole life. And I said, thank you. So another thing I like to think about is, you know, tree beard from, or tr- other tree beings like Groot is now the most popular tree being, but once upon a time it was tree beard, you know, sh- who's tree beard love and, and, uh, you know, what's tree romance like? And they said, who do you think? I said, Keanu Reeves. I think maybe this would be a two hander and Parker Posey, uh, it would be like a tree beard character and then maybe a butterfly. And they, okay, okay. And they, I said, have you ever listened to Everything is Alive, that, that podcast? Like, it, I think we could have some character. I, I still have a thing for Maeve the Lamppost. And, uh, you know, I, I, like, that's what I think about at bedtime is Maeve the Lamppost. So maybe, like, we could get Olivia Coleman to play uh, uh, like, uh, like Maeve the Lamppost. And uh, Mahershala Ali to maybe play Louis Soda, and those. And, and they said, "Are you taking everything is alive and writing romantic fan fiction?" And I said, "May it's possible I am doing that." And they said, "We like these ideas." Uh, and they said, "Are you going to come to RomCon Con?" And I said, "I'm def." I said, "This is." And they said, "So the, then the RomCon Con just kind of got its own momentum." And it started to become this thing. And then people started kind of talking about it and planning it. And then I kind of got nervous because I said, uh, like, I don't know, like, uh, if I can handle it, I don't like, like, I'd rather just watch it from afar, maybe stream it in the, they said, well, we have the keys to the city. You have to come. And then I thought about like breaking it into smaller parts. But I also thought like, if I've learned one thing about dabbling in all this romance is like having some context or having a role to play. So I started to think about like, if I, like, I'm not, I I don't think I could write a romance novel, uh, like before. And I said, maybe I could do romantic pamphlets. Like I I could have a booth that would be, give me context, a reason to be there. And I could come up with, that could be a new thing I come up with. It's like, it's a pamphlet. It's romantic. It's a romanflet. And they said, well, what would that? And I said, I don't know yet. Like, I'd have to figure that out on the spot. And so the time came and I flew to this city and I got to the hotel. And and luckily, uh, my Skype connection was always terrible. So no one knew what I looked like. And I checked in and I had hired uh, like an actor to come play me. So so they said, oh, that's the the king of rom-cons here. So that person was strutting their stuff around um, and run around town. And I just got my booth and I had my romanflets. And the first day I kind of spent like talking to the people at the other booths. And then I went to the Wham uh, dance party and they, again, like I'm not good at learning dances because they always, the dance instructor says, you have to move your hips. And they say, I don't, I don't know how to, I can't feel my hips. I don't know what you're talking about. Move my hips. And they said, we can't do the jitter, jitterbug. And, and I said, okay, let me just let George Michael whisper to me about doing the jitterbug. And they said, you realize those two? And I said, don't worry about it. And, I, and then I went back to my room and I slept and, uh, I decided to sleep in cause I wanted to go to the, um, the earlobe, the, the sexy body part thing and, uh, the game show and yell out the answers since I knew them all. And, uh, but I decided not to. So I said, I'm just going to sleep in through that. And when I got back to my booth, I'd realized that, uh, I had left all the instructions on how to make romanflets behind. And I'd learned this from PodCon, which was a, a podcast conference in Seattle where they said, kind of make your own flyer for your podcast. And I found my entire table and the area around my booth was like full of these uh, entire diversity of styles of romanflets. And I didn't even know what, what, like there was trifold, there's quadfold, whatever the heck you say with fivefold, there was that one. There was two folds. And, you know, they had, there was ones that were just graphics. There were ones that were like iambic potameter. It, w- it was amazing. And I just sat there and I kind of looked through these romanflets and I watched around me. And usually, usually, I, you know, I like, especially when it's imaginary, like, uh, you know, I, I don't like to toot my own horn, but I was sitting there and I was watching the hand holding going on. But more than that, I was watching people as their necks turned, as they went one place and then they turned and they saw like a, 
like a Frankenstein reading poetry, you know, to a soda can. And then they went, you know, and they said, did, did you did did you see that? Like, a, that was Will Smith up there. And they said, really, it didn't look like it. And it was so Will Smith is an android. And uh, I just soaked it in. And, and there was just something about watching other people with this deep joy and this deep fandom, this love of like there's the romance and then there's the romance. And then there's like the, uh, what is it? Like agape filio. And uh, like, there's this other romance and it just made me feel like it was so appreciative of their appreciation of it. And, and so then sometimes like when, when I am uh, thinking too much about candied hearts or what is the freaking date that Valentine's day falls on, I just think about this entire convention center of people walking together, smiling, and just wondering, hey, what, what, like, what kind of, like, what's next? Uh, and why was that guy yelling at Alec Trebek? I think his name's Alex Trebek, but uh, there's just something nice. And so sometimes when I get stressed, I just like to appreciate other people's appreciation of things. I I don't know. And and it's actually one of the things that drew me into podcasting in the first place. So I'm really grateful for that. And then even more so, I'm grateful that I can uh, do something on a Wednesday in in the middle of the week and and that people will come and soak it in. I'm really appreciative of that. Um, And then that the podcast can in the end kind of, complete that circle and give you some rest. Uh, like, uh, it's great. So thank you all for coming out and, uh,